0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. You can call me Rusty. Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. Chuck, this is the first time in eight or nine years since we've done this. Weeks. Everyone year, should know. It feels like years,
0: This is the first one back from my elementary school Christmas vacation. Yeah. It's been weeks. Yeah, it's our first one in 2010, the future. Yes. And I told Josh I'm having re-entry problems like I always do. Yes. I like walked in my
1: cube and everything looked strange and it was like being, it's like the first day on the job. Yeah, he's constipated. Huh? Yeah, a little bit <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah, that's what happens when you stay away for too long, and then you wake up, sit up like uh, stiff as a board, and you're like, "I have to work today." And poop. And poop. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> how was your good good break? Yeah, it was great. Went to the Isle of Palms in Charleston. For oh, how years. was that? It was very nice. It was super cold, but it was nice. Right. Went to uh, Drayton Hall. Don't know what that is. It's the oldest intact preserved plantation of its kind on on the eastern seaboard as far as i know. You know the difference between a farm and a plantation? The plants.
0: I'm going to start 2010 with the fact. Plantations only uh grow one crop.
1: Is that right? That's what i'm told. I would have thought it had to do with the size or something. No. One crop, farm many crops. Very nice. Is that is farm Latin for many crops? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good fact from Mr. Charles W. Chuck. I Ryan. should quit while I'm ahead and we'll, just check out here. Yeah, we'll give you the uh, the email address so you can say congrats, Chuck. <laughs> we'll give it to you at the end of this podcast, which happens to be on a little something called noodling. Yes, but you may also know it as hogging, dogging, stumping, hand fishing. That's, that's, yeah. That's a popular one, actually. That's I, what the was, city folk call it.
0: No, no, actually, I was on the YouTubes, and they were, uh, all, all those dudes were calling it hand fishing. Have you ever
1: done this? No. <laughs> no. No. Nor <laughs> have I. And, um, it doesn't seem like a, a sport that will ever become real popular because it's no. so, Thoroughly terrifying. Yes, absolutely. But I would never ever do this. What we're talking about is, as Chuck said, hand fishing, but it goes by all sorts of uh, colloquialisms. Uh, we called it noodling in this article on HowStuffWorks.com, uh, and basically, what it is is you stick your hand into a underwater catfish nest. Which they tend to nest underwater. And you're in the water, we should point out. You're not doing this from a boat. No. Um, And you get the fish to bite your hand, and you pull it out, and there you've just fished. You've just noodled. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Of course, there's all sorts of other interesting stuff that surrounds this, uh, which we will discuss at length starting now. Right. You know what it reminded me of? What? uh, You saw
0: the, the 80s Flash Gordon movie, right? Of course. No. Oh, come on. Sure you did. I didn't. You didn't see Flash Gordon? No. With the Queen soundtrack and all that? No, definitely not. Wow. Well, Timothy Dalton, in one scene, they have this, it's like a test of courage where they reach into this these different holes in this big uh, like rock-type thing, and there's a creature in there that will bite you if you stick your hand down the wrong hole. So right. they go down to the elbow, and then, of course, one of the guys got tagged on the wrist
1: and, like, green ooze. Used out his wrist. That r- reminded done, me of noodling. Did he perish? Oh, yeah. Um, the, the noodling reminds me of that sand monster in Return of the Jedi. Yes. Except, you know, it's smaller. Not much. No. Uh, and actually, noodling can be deadly. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, peril that the sport is fraught with. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the history of it first. Okay uh
0: native american and and
1: it's roots evidently yeah apparently the first time it appears in western literature is in 1775 this really? trader historian named James Adair oh, uh, was right. traveling yeah. the south and he said uh yeah the native americans have this weird thing where they get in the water and they actually apparently used like red cloth Oh, really? To like you know, entice the fish. Go like Toro, Toro to right. the catfish, and then yeah. But then they'd use their hands to pull them out.
0: I imagine that the the Native Americans would use kind of whatever means they could to get the fish out, and this is one of them. Yeah. And since catfish are so huge, this was you know a prized catch.
1: Yeah. Apparently, they they it, it, like you said, there was all sorts of other methods used to to fish among the Native Americans, including clubbing them over the head. Yeah. Uh, using spears, bows, and arrows. Of course. Um and I think scaring them up with torches and then just grabbing them like as they came to the surface. Right. So yeah, no dynamite or, or rods not, and not reels. Yet. Right. Not, that occurred in the 19th century.
0: Uh, and they also, I actually, in the article, said that
1: the Great Depression. Clearly, probably in the south, it was a good time to go noodling. Yeah, because it, it's totally and completely free. Yep. You're using nothing but your hands, your no body, uh-huh. uh, and whatever gas it took to get your pickup truck to the noodling hole. Right, <laughs> and uh, that's about it. So yeah, isn't that interesting? I mean, like it. I guess it was still around. Uh huh. Um, but then in the Great Depression, everybody's like, we need to start this up again. Right, and then it's passed down from uh,
0: father to son. Although there are female noodlers. Yeah. Much braver women than I am.
1: What's that one girl's name, Misty McFarlane? I don't know. Uh, I is she think the champion? Yeah, she she's pretty good. Her father's like this uh, well-known noodler named Rusty uh, McFarlane, who's okay. a plumber slash noodling philosopher. Yeah, he was in that documentary I watched. Yeah, I think he's a big one.
0: He likened plumbing to noodling, actually. I'll bet. And he even said the word turd.
1: <laughs> he did. <laughs> I hate that word. It's awful. So, Chuck. Yes, Josh. This is, uh, as you might imagine... Uh, a fairly rural activity
0: yeah the rural south and then oklahoma is a huge noodling state
1: yeah so is missouri as well is it?
0: and it's only legal in 13 states as far as we know right now right and that is up from just eight years ago only four states allowed noodling
1: what in 2001
0: uh-huh that's nine years ago now buddy oh that's right well. welcome to the future look at me 20th century man uh, yeah, so 13 states up from four. That's, that's a big increase.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely gaining popularity thanks in part to that documentary you vaguely referred to earlier. That's right. What's the filmmaker's name? The filmmaker's name is Bradley Beasley. Nice. And he, I believe it's called Okie Noodling, right? Yeah. And he really put it on the map. Not, not only did he put it on the map, he established the first uh, noodling tournament uh-huh. for the documentary. Right. So he could get better <laughs> shots or whatever. Uh, because as, as it
0: says clearly in the documentary, there ain't no noodling tournaments because no one's taking the initiative. Nice. That's <laughs> what one of the guys well said. Well delivered. So Brad said, hey, you know, what a great way to end this documentary.
1: I'll start my own noodling tournament. And that's exactly what he did. And it's taken off from then, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So, Chuck, we talked about um, just the... Generalities. You stick sure. your hand in a hole. A little history. Let's get a little more into it. Right? Yeah. Why would a catfish bite onto your hand, Josh? What's the reason? Well, actually, the reason is that uh, there. Th- what you're doing is you're reaching your your hand into a catfish nest, um, where there are thousands of eggs waiting to be hatched. Exactly. Um, what I find interesting is th- you're not catching the female. The female comes and lays the eggs, uh-huh. and then the male comes along, chases her off, and takes over the duty of, um, of protecting the eggs. Yeah, so that's so you're what they're doing. Catching males,
0: they're guarding when they come after your your hand, and apparently, how you noodle is you wiggle your fingers around mm-hmm. to get their attention,
1: which may be the reason that it's called noodling—is your fingers look like wet noodles? That's true. Yeah, although Either no that. one is no one is quite sure. No, they're not. It remains a mystery. Right, um, but yeah, so you stick your hand in the catfish goes to bite you um and sometimes it'll nibble and you can kind of get a grasp mm-hmm. on yeah. it sometimes it'll try to swallow your entire um arm ideally it sounds odd to say that but right i think that's what you're looking for either way once your hand makes entry into the catfish's maw right uh you, you <laughs> wiggle it down as far as you can to the gills yeah yeah and hook the gills from the inside out uh-huh and then all of a sudden, now you have a real firm grasp on that catfish. Right. Plus, when you have your hand in in something's gills, it tends to really focus on that and freak out a little sure. bit, right? Yeah. So then you pull it to the surface, and there you have it. You've got your catfish. Right. Although, as we said, this thing is kind of fraught with peril. Yeah, yeah. The first thing you're going to encounter is the teeth, Right. Yeah,
0: there are. Um, they're not super sharp, but there are lots and lots of them, mm-hmm. and uh, they likened it to sandpaper in the article. Actually, this is written by my good friend, Debbie Ronka. Hey. Who's is that Freak Girl? Yeah, yeah, FreakGirl.com, hey, freak girl. and she's about the least likely person on earth that would ever write an article on noodling. She did a good job with it, Well, though. that's the great part about our job. I'm writing about giving a facial at home, and uh, <laughs> she's writing about noodling. Right. We should switch articles occasionally, it seems like. Yeah. But anyway, Debbie wrote this, and she did a great job, and she says that it's like sandpaper on your arm, which doesn't sound too bad, but if it's really – they said they start twisting and turning once it's on your arm, and then it can – you know, cut you up a little bit.
1: Right. I read a quote uh, from a noodler that said once they start twit spinning, uh-huh. um, it, it, it can rub your hide. It can plumb rub your hide to the bone, <laughs> something like that. Right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, That's good. So, um, yeah, that's your first problem is that this catfish whose right. gills you have your hand in mm-hmm. is is rubbing its sandpaper teeth all over your wrist, and that can sure. tend to hurt. Um, also, some catfish can get pretty big. Yeah, I mean, um, 40, 60, 80 pounds. <clears throat> That's the flathead, I think. The blue cats get even bigger, up, upwards of 100 pounds, I believe. Um, right. So if you are in water that, say, chin deep, uh-huh. you, it can pull you under, Oh yeah, hold you under, mm-hmm. and you are a drowned noodler. Yeah, and, I, and you know in the documentary, too, there was um, this
0: one, uh, one of the legendary guys, Noodles. There were these, I, I'm not sure how this works, but these highways where the lake and the river is now over the highway. So I guess... It's just uh, poor planning or something, but these old broken roads basically in the water. Cool, and they will go under the asphalt to uh, these broken asphalt to get because that's where the prime lair is, and they will get trapped under there sometimes and sure. die.
1: Yeah, um, apparently it's also something of a pastime when you're searching a lake for a drowned person. People will also noodle while they're looking for the the dead person. That's called. Killing two birds, my right? Friend. Exactly, <laughs> and um, uh, every once in a while, somebody who's looking for a drowned person and noodling in the meantime will end up drowning themselves. Yeah, and getting found. They
0: did this in rivers too. I saw one guy drowned from the uh, current, sweeping him under like a, a beaver den.
1: Which is why noodling is not a sport to ever be engaged in alone. Yes, they, they say always want noodling yeah.
0: buddies. You got to have partners, uh, spotters. Yeah, because yeah. once you bring the fish up. Generally, your spotter will help remove the fish from your arm and get it into the boat or on land if you're by the banks. Right.
1: Or if the fish pulls you under, sure, it's good to have a 200-pound friend to pull you back above yeah. water. Yeah. Um. Also, they help barricade the way so that if the catfish tries to escape, it'll just bump into their legs or something like that. Right.
0: There's there's one funny part in the um documentary where they're interviewing these two guys that are like chest deep, and there's only two dudes in the scene, and they talk about, you know, do you ever worry about your buddy, you know, when he's under there for a long time, and He says, well, you know, we we worry about him sometimes when it's been a long time. That's usually when he pops right up. And as he said that, the guy, like, comes up from underwater. Nice. Like, you didn't even know. No editing? No editing. You didn't know there was a third person there, but he was noodling underfoot during the interview.
1: Right. So So because you can drown, chin-deep water is kind of dangerous. Yeah. But, you know, you have to go where the catfish are. Yeah, right. sometimes you dive down underwater completely. Wow! And sometimes your head is above water. Right. Uh, another uh, danger uh, to noodling, and if you're picking up that this is kind of a dangerous sport, you're you're a very sharp person, uh, and we should probably take the time to say that How Stuff Works does not recommend you try noodling no. alone or as an inexperienced person with other inexperienced noodlers. I'll just say at all. Sure. Go uh, ahead. At all. Okay. Um, <laughs> You can also, every once in a while, stick your hand into a catfish nest that turns out to be a beaver's dwelling. Yes. Uh, A uh, underwater snake. Muskrats. Muskrats. Apparently are mean. Snapping turtles are real bad, too. They'll Uh take a finger off. Yeah. Um, And if you encounter one of those guys, you want to take off. Yeah. As Ronka says, get out of there. Right. Well, unless you're Jerry Ryder. That's
0: kind of the legendary noodler that was on Dave Letterman. Uh Uh-huh. He um, is a big snake guy too. So, when he sees a snake, he sees that as a as an opportunity, not a uh, <laughs> a bad thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So he grabs the snake. Yeah, too? he'll grab snakes and he bit him a few times. And he's like, "See there, I'm bleeding from these three spots." And <laughs> that's what it felt like. He was like, just kind of like a little hypodermic needle. Yeah, he of said, death. Yeah, <laughs> and he said, "I'll have him tamed pretty soon." So he was.
1: Jerry's... So he catches him and tames him. Oh, that's what he said. Wow. He's a snake guy. Wow, Jerry Ryder's snake circus. Yeah, he's the toughest guy I've ever seen. He sounds pretty tough, yeah. actually. Um, normally, uh, unless you're Jerry Ryder, uh, you don't want to put your hand in a snake hole. No. Because most snakes that live underwater or near the water are deadly poisonous. Sure. Um, but most noodlers will tell you that they can tell a catfish nest from any other kind of nest just by feeling the outside of the nest. Sure, experience. Um the reason for that is that the the opening will be uh sandy uh-huh. and clean gotcha uh and pretty compact because a uh once once the male comes in and is guarding the uh the the eggs mm-hmm. um he's just moving back and forth constantly, keeping sand and algae off of the eggs and out of the nest yeah so we, the the male catfish keep a pretty tidy nest apparently. You could not pay me any amount of money to do this, man. I know.
0: I get a little weirded out. Like, I go trout fishing in the North Georgia mountains, and I'm up to my waist in beautiful, clear mountain water.
1: Where you can see what's going on. And I can
0: see what's going on, and I'm still, my head is still on a pivot when I'm near the bank, because I just know I'm going to look up and, like, a snake's going to drop on my head. (laughs) But these are, like, the muddy waters of these riverbanks, muddy riverbanks.
1: Well, yeah, that's where Catfish dwell. And no actually, way, the fact man. that noodling um, has become such a popular popular sport, uh, noodlers are kind of um, barometers of the health of a waterway, depending on how you look at it. Oh, really? Uh, the, the Army Corps of Engineers love to keep a tidy riverway, sure. Right, um, and so do most trout anglers because you can see what you're doing, and that's where sure. you know trout generally live in in clean water. Uh, but catfish like it murky, shady, muddy. Um, and so you can, but that's, that's how a waterway is, naturally. Uh-huh. They're not naturally clean or tidy. Right. Right? Um, so apparently the, U, the Army Corps of Engineers kind of, uh, fell asleep with the switch for a couple of decades, uh, in the 70s and maybe 80s, uh, and basically let the, the Mississippi Delta go to pot. Oh, really? Unless you're a catfish fisherman, and then sure. you're like, the catfish population came back, right? Right, right so uh the fact that newlers are finding catfish easily uh is a uh, an indicator of the health of the waterway right yeah. uh but there's also a lot of controversy over noodling yeah we have to mention this yeah and apparently it's it's a uh, cultural thing yeah. most newlers um you know like like chuck said they they they're Legal in southern states, it's legal in southern states and in midwestern Many, so, states. It's a yeah. very rural activity. Yeah. Most city folk aren't going to go stick their hand in an underwater hole and hope a catfish bites their hand. Right. You know why? One of the guys in the documentary addresses that. Why? He said because they're on golf courses. <laughs> that's a that's excellent point. Fair that's an excellent point. point. Uh, but Chuck and I are fairly citified, yeah. and of course, neither one of us would ever ever do this. No. Um, but so, it, it, I think part of the part of the reason why noodlers are kind of looked down upon by regular anglers, um, is that it's a rural, city, yeah, yeah, uh, head collision, I guess you could say. Sure, because there's
0: plenty of uh, you know, city types that grab their their trout boots and go out on the weekends right. and go trout fishing that kind of thing.
1: But there's also a um, an environmental concern which may or may yeah. not be true.
0: Right, because what you know. Clearly, what you're doing is you're pulling out a catfish that's guarding, uh, a, you know, a big stash of eggs, and many times you don't return that fish back to the water. You'll keep it and eat it, right? Uh, for food because catfish is good eating, right? Uh, and, uh, even when they do return these fish to the water, which they sometimes do, they, you know, just like catch and release fishing, there's a proper way to do it. And they, you know, they get beat all the heck on the, on the shore. right? So they think they might not survive from just massive injury.
1: Right. And like you were saying, you're removing this catfish from its role of protecting these eggs. Right. Which means that once that catfish is gone, all manner of predators go, I'm going to go eat me thousands of catfish eggs. And, How could that not logically sure. have an impact, a huge impact, on the population of the the catfish? Right. Here's how. <laughs> because most people don't stick their hands in catfish nests in the hopes that it will bite them and they can pull it out and eat it. Yeah. It has it's, gained it's in popularity,
0: a, but it's still a fringe sport right. We're talking
1: sure. like maybe 1,000 people across the country that do this. Yeah. Maybe 3,000.
0: That's why there's been no studies. They can't prove anything because... No one wants to put any money into a noodling study.
1: Right. Well, I think we should study it to, to see if it sure. does have an impact. But in the meantime, most um, fish and game d- DNR uh, departments in the various states where it is legal are hedging their bets and are um, keeping the, the number of catches a noodler can make from May to August, which is spawning season. Right. Um it's three in Missouri. I think that's the average. And that's lower than if you're an, uh, just a hook and, and line angler. You it's... can get 10 in that state yeah, exactly. per day. Sure. Three per day and, and 10 per day, depending on if you're an angler. Noodlers, of course, find this unfair. But again, there haven't been any studies. So right. I, I think three is an arbitrary number, probably. I wonder if anyone's ever caught a noodler. <laughs> a dead noodler, probably. Like hooked a noodler yeah. underwater. Apparently, there's this boy in the 19th century who went noodling. And he got held under by the uh, by the catfish he caught, uh-huh. but it, I guess his grip was so tight that like a day or so later, they found the boy and the catfish dead side by side on a sandbar. Really? Yeah, um, hand in mouth still. Wow, and that's something. That's what awful. a way to go. If you're a noodler, that is the way you die.
0: Well, and that's what uh, Jerry Ryder said. He said, "I'll noodle I'll till it. I die I'll unless it. noodling kills me." And he shouldn't have said unless. He probably meant. Especially if noodling kills (laughs) me. (laughs) Exactly. Should we talk about the tournament? Yeah. We mentioned it briefly. Uh, It is the biggest North American hand fishing tournament. I thought it was the only one, but apparently it's the one. It's uh, the Oakey Noodling Tournament. (laughs) That's what it's called. Pretty straightforward. It's in July. It's at Bob's Pig Shop in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. And uh, there's prizes up to like two grand, I think, if you win. There's different categories like Mm -hmm. fish of the day, and then total catch of, uh,
1: total poundage stringer? of your three. Yeah, stringer. Uh, there's also natural and scuba noodling. And scuba noodling is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, I imagine they're frowned upon. I didn't get any I word would on that. I don't think so. So is uh, gaffing, which is noodling with the hook. Right. Because basically you're a wuss. Is that what that means? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because you're not sticking your hand in there. You're sticking a hook in there yeah. their gills and pulling them out. And number one, you're immediately doing more damage to them, I sure. imagine. but. You're not using your hand. It's hand fishing, not hook fishing. Right? They is... they even frown upon gloves,
0: dude. So this is how tough right. these guys are.
1: Well, yeah, they frown upon gloves because it, it you can't t- you can't tell from touching right whether it's a snapping turtle or a muskrat or a catfish. But also they can get snagged on things underwater and keep you under. So yeah, these are tough fellows. Yeah. And
0: women. Yes, Josh. There is a DVD <laughs> series even called uh, "Girls Gone Grabbing."
1: Yeah, I heard. Or grabbling. Gra- Grab if oh, That's a typo. It says Grablin'. No, no, I, I don't think it's a typo. Maybe it's called grappling then. Um and, and the uh there's been some records apparently every year somebody sets a new record at the Okie Newling contest. And what's cool is these people aren't like all in the same hole. They're all over the state as long as the the fish is caught within Oklahoma. Right. Uh within a 24-hour period from 7:30 p.m. on Friday to 7:30 p.m. when they're weighed on Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, uh, there's a gentleman's agreement to not go into the same noodling hole that y- some other people are already in.
0: Yeah, it's like a fishing spot. Same deal. Th-
1: that's pretty much it. Oh, the fish has to be live when it's weighed. Right. Um, but other than that, that's that's pretty much it. And uh, the most recent record was set uh this past July, two thousand nine. What it's are we talking? Two thousand ten now. That's right. Future. <laughs> um, sixty-eight point six pounds by a guy named wow. John Bridges, and. He had a stringer, the three fish uh-huh. that you're allowed to catch uh, in that 24-hour period. He won that one too. Uh, I don't know if he if he won that. I don't see how he didn't because he had a, another fish that he caught it was almost the same weight. Wow. As part of his stringer, so I imagine he he won the stringer that year. Josh, do me a favor. Close your
0: eyes and picture a 66-pound catfish up to your elbow. 68.6.
1: 68.6. Can you imagine that? Don't you think I've learned by now the hard way not to close my eyes when you tell me to? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. That's a big old catfish. Yeah. Do you but like you, to eat catfish? Yeah, I'll eat it. Yeah, okay, sure. I'm not that acidified. Well, I was just, you know, catfish not it for with everyone. a nice uh, a foie gras, yeah, of, of course, a Bear <laughs> blanc sauce and uh... <laughs> right right, thank you, Chuck. Um and catfish always, you know, that 68.6, that's huge. It's definitely not as big as they get. You know, every like uh rural area has a legend of a catfish that's like 250 pounds. Did you ever see that King of the Hill where he I think he was trying to catch General Sherman? No, that was the Simpsons. Was it? Yeah, I think it was, they called it like General Sherman or something like that. It was this huge catfish and uh, he and Homer and Marge were on like a, a, a Save our marriage retreat, uh, and Homer sneaks out to catch the fish. And I think I did see that one. Hilarity ensues. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like season five or something. It yeah,
0: but uh, you hear, you do hear, definitely hear the rumors like Hogzilla. It's the same thing, is it? Well, you'll just hear these rumors Arkansas? about like several hundred pounds. Of it sounds cat- like Arkansas.
1: I think it's real though. I don't know about Hogzilla, but the, the huge catfish definitely are. Chuck, uh, let's end this by mentioning that noodling is not necessarily exclusive to. North America? No, it's not, Josh.
0: No. Since uh, 1934, there's a tournament in Nigeria, or a festival, I guess you, you could call it. You gonna take this one? The, should I? Sure. The Arungu fishing no. festival. No.
1: Arungu. Arungu. That's how I take it. Uh, that's exactly right. Arungu. That's a that's a difficult one. That is. That's why we live in Georgia. Well, this is a one hour long contest, which is yeah, kind of cool. But I think you can catch a fish any way you can. Right.
0: Well, you can. It, well, it is hand fishing, but you can um, use nets. I think you can't use like hooks and poles. Okay. So you can use nets. And uh, in 2008, the winning fish.
1: You're right, Josh. Was 140 pounds. Right, and um, they take Man. their hand fishing very seriously in Nigeria because they found out that the winning fisherman in 2008, uh, Bello Yakub. Uh-huh. They found out that he brought a dead fish from another river yeah, and said, oh, look what I caught, and they arrested him. Yeah. He was arrested for fraud in a fishing contest. I want to know how you sneak a 140-pound fish into a river. That's probably how he got caught. I mean, you can't. You can't do it very covertly. So somebody saw him and was right. like, fellow Yakub cheated, and they went chink, chink, and <laughs> threw the book at him. Those were handcuffs, by the way, just so people understand what that <laughs> right. sound effect was all about. Uh, so yeah that's noodling right Uh huh. I don't think there's anything else to add this wasn't too bad for our first one after eight years uh, yeah on a Monday morning right Yeesh. so uh, if you want to learn more about noodling you can read Debbie Ronka's uh, riveting tale in article form uh, by typing noodling into the handy search bar at howstuffworks.com which of course leads us to listener mail listener mail Josh before we read listener mail,
0: we're going to send a special shout out to our friend Chance and his little sister who have had a really rough go of it over the holidays. We're yep. not going to get all into it. No. But uh, Chance did say it would really make Keena's little sister's day if we said hello. And so we we're saying hi and hanging there, guys. And, yeah. Uh, happy new year to you. Yeah, happy new year. So, having said that, Josh, I'm going to call this We Are Frauds and We've Been Found Out. No. <laughs> Hey Josh and Chuck, allegedly, I am writing you uh, a very distressed 15-year-old boy living in northern Illinois. The reason for my distress is that after closely examining the last several podcasts, I can come to the conclusion that your podcast is a sham.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 15-year-old Colin, <laughs> yeah, he's just figuring this out. This, uh, the evidence for this is that after listening to one of your podcasts on healthcare, I noticed that the voice quality seemed different leading me to believe that you two never actually sit down and do the podcast together. But the podcast is merely a series of recordings and phrases cleverly put together through some sound editing equipment. It's really just a a series of chucks and right, Right. And then Jerry just makes it all happen. Right. Uh, After listening to that podcast, it made me wonder, and I went through other ones and noticed that you two never skip over each other when you talk. Not true. We are talking over each other as we speak. Uh, To further reinforce the suspicion, I recently viewed the webcast. On December 2nd, and Chuck was disappearing into the background of the drape. You know how sometimes the blue screen will mess up, and I'll disappear? That's what that is, Zach. Uh, If this is just an honest technical mistake, or if this is the work of clever video and audio syncing gone wrong, please write back to confirm your existence. Until then, I have no choice but to assume there is no podcast, but merely a series of recordings played with editing equipment from Zach.
1: Zach, I think you would very much appreciate one of our fellow podcasts here at HowStuffWorks.com called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. It's about um, conspiracy theories. I think it'd be right up your alley. (laughs) Yeah. You can find that free on iTunes, right, Chuck? Uh Uh-huh. And, of course, you can always find us for free on iTunes, which is probably where you found us. um, To begin with. Yeah. If you want to send us an email accusing us of fraud, we wouldn't be the least bit surprised. You can uh, wrap that up and address it to Stuff Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you